0: everybody it's Dave here and we are continuing our series on draft prospects by position Tyler Fornes of Climbing the Pocket one of our draft experts scouts that lives for this time of year will break down the next group first off let's find out what that group is hey Tyler What's the next group we're going to be talking about today?
1: Well, we have covered uh, everything now on the offensive side of the football. And now we are going to transition back over to defense. We're going to talk interior defensive alignment, a position that the Vikings both know really well, have struggled to fill, and something that I know is very passionate for you, Dave.
0: Oh, yes, it is. I love both sides of of the line. So, Let's see, who have you got at number five?
1: At number five, I have Aleem McNeil, the uh, defensive tackle from North Carolina State. Aleem McNeil is fun. Uh, one of my colleagues over at Blue Chip Scouting, Dante Colinelli, comp- comped him to a boulder. And let me tell you, yeah, he is a fantastic, fantastic football player. And uh, he is very quick off the line. He's like six one and a half, like three twenty, and he, uh, that weight is evenly distributed. He's got a lot of power. He uses his hands pretty well, but they're a little inconsistent. He's able to penetrate. Uh, he's gonna be probably best as a one technique at at the NFL level, uh, and he can rush the passer. He's got a really really nice interior swim move, and. Overall, Ali McNeil just makes plays and gets himself around the football. And he's really, really quick for a guy his size. I had a blast watching him put. And wherever he goes, I know he's going to be a successful football player because his motor is going to translate on and off the field.
0: you got to love guys with a good motor. Who have you got at number four?
1: Number four is Iowa's Davian Nixon. Now, Nixon is a really, really good football player, and I enjoyed watching him, but I'm not entirely sure where his best fit is going to be, because he's kind of an oversized three technique at around 310 pounds, but he's able to penetrate and win with both quickness and power. Uh, Nixon also has a really nice motor, which I know you just talked about, Dave, is a must for defensive linemen. Uh, Nixon it just plays a little violent, and he throws guys around, and he's able to penetrate the backfield. His game against Northwestern this past year was just filthy. He had multiple sacks. He was chasing guys from across the field. Uh, Nixon is a an excellent football player. In any weak defensive tackle class, he's probably going to get pushed up a little higher than he should go. We're talking. He's probably going to get drafted like early day two. Uh, he should probably go like beginning around three. But this is an abysmal defensive tackle draft, and anybody who needs one is probably going to take one a little higher than they should, and Nixon would fit the bill with that.
0: Gotcha. Who have you got at number three?
1: Number three is Jay Tufele, the USC defensive tackle. Now, he was one of the guys who opted out for the 2020 season due to COVID-19, and his 2019 film was really good. He is... Uh, more of a uh, quick penetrator than he is a run stuffer. Um, He's able to penetrate uh, off the ball really, really quick. He's got that really nice first step. He's able to win with a a couple different moves as far as rushing the passer. He still needs some work on counters, but that first step quickness and ability to continue working and working is really going to serve him well at the next level. Uh, It's going to be really interesting with – him and all these other opt-out guys, how having that full year off healthy is going to impact them as a rookie. But J2 Bailey, I think, is a very good football player, and is, he's going to be a value selection in round three because I think if he would have played this year, we might be talking a guy who could be back in round one early round two. He has that kind of juice.
0: Well, you talked about the year off, and that is interesting because some players will benefit from it, like their batteries are recharged. And others might not because they're not getting the reps. It should be interesting to see. With that, who have you got at number two?
1: This might surprise some people, but it's Christian Barmore from Alabama. I am not as high as other people are in Barmore. Obviously, he has the massive athletic upside, and he's got a really, really good first step. But he gets stood up a little too often for my liking. Uh, He does have a power element, but he's not consistent with it at all. Um, A lot of what you see from Barmore's tools, you have a lot to work with. And a guy like Andre Patterson would salivate to work with a guy like Christian Barmore. But at the end of the day, it's not just about your tools. It's about what you are currently as well and how that projects. And the tools just aren't there right now as far as consistency. And I worry he's not going to be able to kind of figure out that consistency element. He did improve throughout the course of the year, but most of his wins are coming from just beating at people and overpowering them. And he's not using nearly as much technique as you would like to see at this stage. Uh, so I gave him a mid-second round grade, and I think he is, he's going to be a really good football player wherever he goes, but technique has to be worked on, and he has to work on leverage, hand placement, counters, and just continuing to fortify those pass rush moves that he has. And I think if he's able to do all of that, you're talking about a guy who could be a fantastic three technique for quite some time. But I have some reservations, and that's why he ended up as my uh, defensive tackle, too.
0: We know in a lot of the mocks, he was mocked to the Vikings early before they signed um, Tomlinson. So, interesting. Interesting. And any of these guys getting with Andre Patterson would be a good thing.
1: Oh, absolutely. Uh, Patterson should be the ideal defensive line coach for any defensive lineman.
0: With that, who have you got at number one?
1: That would be Levi Onuzurike, the uh, defensive tackle to Washington. And when you watch Washington's defense, it's incredibly frustrating because they run this really weird concept where it's, you have two wide nine defensive ends, a nose tackle, and then they basically drop eight in the coverage. And Anu Zurique is a three technique, but he played a lot of one technique, landing up right in front of the center, and it's not where he thrives. It's not where he's going to win in the NFL. So getting him in more consistent positions to win, I think is going to be really key to unlock his development. But his initial first-step quickness is lethal. He does have a swim move. He, he is able to use a spin move as well. He's great at disrupting the run, a great interior pass rusher. I think if he is, goes to a true 4 3 defense where he's allowed to be a 3 technique, you're going to see that potential unlock. And I wouldn't be shocked if he goes in the first round. This is a historically bad defensive tackle class. And I think he's the best of the bunch. Like the back end of that first round, we're talking like New Orleans. They just lost Sheldon Rankins. We're talking the, the Green Bay Packers, if they want to get even more multiple in the front. Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they're not going to be able to keep. But Dom can sue forever. He's getting older. Putting him and Vita Bay next to each other, that'd be filthy.
0: That's funny. I like that description. Filthy for defensive linemen. (laughs) Now, are any of those guys possible for the Vikings to pick at 14?
1: No, I really don't. I think if the Vikings take a defensive tackle at 14 – We should be burying them on the draft stream, Dave. The talent isn't there. Like, when the Vikings got Sharif Floyd in 2013, he was projected to go, like, pick three to the Raiders. But they chose to go a different direction. And he was that kind of talent. He falls to 22, and they end up taking him. Like, that was a value pick. That was a smart pick. The Vikings taking a defensive tackle at 14 would be an awful selection for value and based on what the talent surrounding them would be as well, it would be abysmal and I think, the least. And
0: I think the Vikings want to go with this two-nose tackle front and be a little different this year. So mm-hmm. we'll see how that goes. Interesting, interesting. I love the big round bellies, and it was great to mm-hmm. hear about the interior guys. With that, everybody, join us again tomorrow. We're going to go through another group. As always, Skullwaggies!